Hey everybody, welcome back to the 423 Soccer Pod, the podcast that CFC built. This is Jim. You could find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. And this is Todd. You can find me at Great Footballer on Twitter. So Todd, we've had, you know, normally we have on the podcast, we come back and do kind of the VAR, right? We, we, we go back and watch the match again and, and do a review. Well, we kind of did that because, uh, because the West Coast game was late. We didn't really record until we already had a chance to go back and, and watch it again. So we did a little bit of that review. Um, but how do you feel now You know, that you've had maybe a couple of days to think about it? You know, I, I think I maintain uh, my position well. Look, I, I feel, I think I would, would have been very happy if you had offered me a draw, a 1-1 draw, uh, going into the Oakland game. So I'm going to be content with a 1-1 draw coming out of it, especially given uh, the uh, high percentage of roster turnover. Uh, some of those players that we saw the other night have been with the team less than a week. So we're traveling across the country uh, to a sellout uh, stadium on a, on a pitch that uh, may have at least looked a little strange. I don't know. We, once again, we still don't know how it played. But so I think given all those factors, I think I'm very happy to take away a point. We saw how important that a point was uh, in the Members' Cup uh, last, uh, last fall. So I think I'm very happy to take a point away and let's get back home in two weeks. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Uh, you know, it was, I think it was, again, whenever you lead into stoppage time, you know, and if you give up that lead, it's going to always feel like a loss. And it's all, you know, for them, it's always going to feel like a win, which I think is probably why they put out a t-shirt about it. But, um, you know, I, uh, it was annoying to concede that way. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm a little concerned. Like the, the more I think about it, the more I'm uh, I'm very interested in seeing how we come out in the home match against the Michigan Stars and see how we do in possession. Um, the first 15 or 20 minutes, I will still contend we're, we're really bad, even considering, I think, what our game plan was. But, you know, we just could not hold possession. Sometimes I think we didn't want to, and sometimes I think we couldn't. And that's just not the CFC that I've, I've come to know. And I think that hurt us a little bit. You know, if we could have, if we could have um, held the ball and, and kind of killed the game off, you know, maybe what happened doesn't happen. Um, but right. so that, that's my only concern is, is just, you know, the, you know, I understand that the possession numbers don't always equal um, quality possession or like, like you said, possession with purpose, but we just could not keep the ball. And again, I think some of that was by design. Some of it, we seeded possession, but other times when we just needed to string four or five passes together just to calm things down, I, I don't know that we could do it. So I'm interested to see if we could do that in a couple of weeks after the team's been together for a little bit of time, and maybe we get some other players back from injury uh, and or from their visa issues. So um, I'm going to hold off. I'm not pr- I'm not pressing any panic button. Like you said, to go on the road and get a point, I'll take it. 
So, I mean, it's, it's not good. No, no, no need to press the panic button yeah. at, at this point. I mean, you got to think about it. In years past, like, even in the first game, you were bringing back a decent core of players. Uh, and uh, in our interview uh, later on with uh, El Conductor, uh, we'll, we will talk about that. Uh, you know, he talks about in the NPSL that you were bringing back a core of about 80%. And now we're bringing more uh, of a core back of about 30 to 40%. And and if you go based on, uh, you know, the roster this week, you only had two of the starting 11, and even the three subs that came on were new players. Mm-hmm. So there was very, very little. Uh, um, these guys, and once again, we talked about their limited uh, practice time because of the weather. And uh, so there's a lot of things going against them. I'm really interested to see uh, what they do. Hopefully we get some decent weather in the next two weeks that they can uh, put together some nice practice sessions and maybe we get a few players back from injury. And like you said, visa uh, players back uh, with the visa problems, we, we have no time frame on that that we've heard. So um, we could be seeing something completely different. I, I still, I'm still going to think though when we when we take the field against the Michigan Stars I think we are going to be uh, a bit more pragmatic than what we have seen CFC at home in previous years I, I, I'm, I'll go so far as to think we may be even inviting a little bit of pressure yeah I, mean, I don't I don't think we're gonna you know when I did the members cup stats we were getting like 75 percent of the of the ball and we were completing passes at like an 80 80 percent 85 percent clip yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't think that's the way we're going to play, and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I would prefer if we could play that way, but you know, I, I get it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's not where we are right now, and you know, I think we had didn't we had that conversation at the end of the Members Cup. I think it, I don't know if it was Breezy or, or Coniglio who asked the question: If you know, would you take um, would you take beautiful football and finishing fourth? Or ugly, cynical football and and winning. Um, I think we're gonna have. I think we're gonna have some answers to that question. <laughs> um, you know, in the in the next uh, next couple of well, weeks. Well, you can you can put me in the camp. You can put me in the camp of of, ta- of thinking that a a executed a well executed counterattack for a goal is one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see in the game. Yes. Yeah. I, I just I'm just not here for a low block. You know, a four-five-one or a four-four-two low block. I, I just, and you know, the, with the opposing team having the ball in your in your third for forty percent of the time, I'm not. I just don't want to see that. And I don't think that. I mean, that's no. The I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm about. I am about some some intense pressure, forcing the ball, and then once you get the turnover, going directly at the goal. Oh, yeah. I, I am here for that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, that's. You know, right. basically Liverpool is is doing that. They, I mean, they're playing direct. They don't play route one, soccer, but they play direct. Once they get the ball, they, you know, it's like how quickly can we get it to right. our forwards? So right. I don't have a problem. Yeah, I with can that. certainly appreciate that. Yeah. Now, I, you know, we're not going to be Liverpool, but anyway. Um, so I, yeah, I'm okay. Well, that's what that's how I feel about that's how I feel about last week's game. I, I feel pretty good about it, and I'm just ready to I'm ready to move on to the next game. We got a point on the road, and in any league, and you know, and most leagues around the world, no matter what, you'll take a point on the road. So. Yep, I think you're right. Um, so I don't really know, uh, outs. I don't really know of much new information. I mean, we had those three players late 
in the week that came. Uh, you know, we saw, I, I think, I know we saw one of them play. I can't remember now who the last three were and if we, if they came on. Um, right. But, uh, you know, so we had those last three players come, come on. I think that makes like 24 total, something like that on the, on the squad. And that's about what we under, we were, uh, we were made to uh, you know, understand that that would probably be. So I don't know. We may be done in terms of signings or we may not, who knows? Well, I know that there's, I'll go ahead and say that, that somebody shared with me the NISA roster. Um, and there are, or this, there is at least one more name that hasn't been announced and wasn't uh, on the squad um, and it's a name that we would recognize, and so I won't steal any thunder. But um, so I, there. No, may- is it, well, and I and I know we've we've mumbled it on this podcast. Yeah. Like you said, we won't we won't directly relate it. But if you've listened to the podcast, then and then you're well aware of who has uh, uh, made yeah. some appearances in the preseason mm-hmm. that has not been announced, mm-hmm. and we've been informed that there he's waiting on the same thing that ever has. You know, seven other players are waiting on, which is a visa approval. So uh, here's to hoping that uh, our government sees fit to uh, grant uh, legal uh, and uh, uh, working visa status to our players. Yes, please do. Please take care of that. And uh, just and just to go back, the three subs that we used uh, were Marshall, uh, is it Steelman? And and uh, Jackson. So I think Spielman was the one that was signed at the end of That's uh, right. last and, week, and, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Marcano was signed late, and he started. Is that correct? Yeah, that was that was the wild thing. I, I want to say there was at least two, if not three, players that were all that that played in that game that were all that were signed last week. Yeah. So yeah. Once again, not yeah. a lot, not a lot of time to jail. Yeah. So I th- I think taking all things in consideration. It's our first professional match. I'll take a draw. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not happy with it, but I'm okay with it. And, and I can, uh, I can, I can, I can see uh, the positives and I can see. The no, positives. no, 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 we're not, we're not happy with it. We're Oakland okay. is happy with it. So happy. They made a t-shirt to commemorate it. So <laughs> yeah, I've got once to again, say- if that's, hey, hey, if Oakland, if Oakland wants to be the team that celebrates mediocrity, more power to them. I mean, is that not, I'm I'm is that not weird? Slightly. Yeah. I, I mean, hope it's be, I hope it's sarcastic and it's not real, but well, I don't know that. So I thought I thought for a second, like when I retweeted it, I did not click the link, you know, before I retweeted it. And I thought for a split second, did they just get me? Did they just get me with like a like is this is this trolling and there's no real shirt? Like you click the link and it's gonna be like ha 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 or something like that. But nope, they're selling it for thirty bucks. So mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get, it's a big goal. I get McInerney is, a, is a, a favorite and it was a, it was a high, it was a very emotional moment for them. I mean, it, it, you know, anytime you get an equalizer in the, uh, you know, at the death, it feels good. It feels like a win, but it's not a win. And so, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know about that. Like you say later on, I really don't want to see CFC, sending um, making commemorative shirts for a draw so i like oakland i want to be nice not unless we're in Concacaf champions league <laughs> and we need a draw to advance okay. then i will celebrate the draw. okay okay um maybe but 
outside of that, I, I just don't want to see. Now, I did see um, David gave a great response. And if Oakland had done this, I would have tipped my cap. So he said, why don't you create a tie for a tie? So if they had had a tie with his picture on it, and they had said, in celebration of our tie, here's a tie, I probably would have laughed about it. At least it would have been kind of funny. But the T-shirt, I just, um, I don't know about that, Oakland. I don't know. Uh, you've, uh, I, you know, we can give them a miss, right? We just, we just, we just expect more from them. I mean, yeah, I mean, frankly. we can give them a miss. You know, the the, the T-shirt company has has produced some good stuff, um, and so not everything is going to be great, right? So this one, maybe, maybe redo it. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Um, so you want to take us into our interview? Yep, let's do that. Um, so this week on our Dose Bros interview of the week, uh, we have one of the most celebrated uh, characters, uh, people, uh, figures in uh, lower league uh, American soccer in the past uh, 10, 10 plus years. Uh, the famous El Conductor comes on with us this evening and talks about everything from how he got started in, uh, with his Chattanooga Football Club to how he decided to end it. Uh, it's a great interview. We were honored to have him on. Um, and I, for me, you know, I just, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, there had to be some times I would think that he was just like, you know what, I'm this this weekend. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna go or or something. I'm sure there was times that he thought, well, it's, let's just end it now. At 100, surely at 100, it crossed his mind, let's just end it now. Oh yeah, you'd have to think so, man. It's, I mean, it's it's nuts. I mean, at 10, you know, it's one thing for the number of games, but it's also 10 years of doing this. I mean, it's you know, he's been going to home and away matches for 10 years. Uh, now I know it was, you know, summer largely, you know, maybe you know late spring, early summer to kind of late summer, but still, I mean, it was for ten years. Um, you know, stuff happens even in the summer, and um, to be able to go that, you know, to go that that long and 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 not miss. Yeah, there's imagine. so many things that you can't control, yeah. right? There's so many things you can't control. So uh, that that in and of itself is pretty mind-boggling that he made it that long, that many games. Yeah. So, so we kind of we we talked to him and I and just uh, what the you know, the street means to him and and what and we talked too about about what you know him what he means to the club and and for all of you that have ever sat down and watched a stream you know we we owe him a, a debt of gratitude for that because uh, you know that that's part of what he does to make CFC uh, uh, special so. Uh, I guess now we will turn it to our Dose Bros interview of the week. And as always, thank the Dose Bros for making it possible. To, and they always remind you to eat local and ball local. Okay, so next on the podcast, we have a very special guest. If, in case you did not know, a couple of things happened this past weekend. There was a beginning, and in some ways, there was an end. And the, the beginning was CFC played their first professional match against the Oakland Roots. We talked about that in our post-match rant and did a little preview with Stephen Davies, uh, who, did some, who did some color a- uh, analysis out there. But if you're not sure, there was an end. 
and we have somebody on the on the line who has been a part of the CFC match going experience for over 10 years now. You may know him as El Conductor. El, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. So, if you just start, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I know I don't really know you. I've seen you around a lot, and we've talked. Mm-hmm. Um, but t- you tell the folks kind of about like your history with soccer. How did you um, like? What is your history with soccer? And, and then how did you find out about and you know, and, and learn about and fall in love with uh, Chattanooga Football Club? Uh, sure, yeah. Well, actually, I did not have much of a history with soccer uh, growing up. Uh, I had friends that played it. I grew up down in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, moved up here because of college. I actually went to uh, Covenant College, which, uh, as it turns out, you know, co- uh, soccer is the big sport up there, and for a lot of uh, the smaller schools here in the area that, you know, the colleges don't have a, uh, a football program. And as it turned out, you know, after I graduated, uh, some friends of mine from Covenant, I heard that they were starting this uh, semi-pro soccer team and that it was going to be, you know, Chattanooga's team. And so uh, my thinking was, oh, well, this is going to be this little thing. Um, Not sure if many people are going to show up, uh, but hey, I'll go over there, support them. And uh, my, my thinking was, well, you know what would be really cool to make this seem more legitimate is uh, what they really need is a super fan, somebody who will dress up in a crazy costume and go and cheer at all the games. So I put together this uh, train engineer costume with a cowbell that I had and went to the first games and, you know, started ringing my cowbell and, of course, Thousands of people showed up, and it just became this big thing, and I just kept going, and yeah, that's that's pretty much my entry into soccer. Wait a minute, that, that, that that's a costume? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it's a uniform. Uh, some people call it a costume, but yeah, the first one actually was more of a costume. Uh, the first, uh, first two years, I actually wore more of a, uh, instead of a conductor outfit, a, a train engineer's outfit. So, but um, yeah, there's an interesting story. Once we went into the playoffs in our second year, uh, they were held down in, um, in Huntsville mm-hmm. and uh, we all go, we showed up there. It was basically a home game for us. A whole bunch of Chad hooligans came down and in the finals match, we're playing Sacramento. And of course we like to sit behind the opposing uh, bench if we can. And so we moved behind them. They don't like it. We're, you know, giving them heck and all. And one of their assistant coaches, uh, you know, gestures to us and says effing hillbillies only he didn't say effing and wait, wait, you said he gestures did he give you the old california howdy uh you know i'm not sure because really uh ernie dempsey is the one who was sort of jawing with him so ernie would be able to relate the, all the details i just what was said and at that moment i'm like you know what here's what i'm gonna do next year i'm gonna go out i'm gonna buy like a nice vest, a tie. I'm going to wear a button down shirt. You know, I'm going to get uh, the hat. I'm going to, and I'm going to be the most well-dressed person at these games so that, you know, no one will ever be able to call me an effing hillbilly again. So <laughs> that was kind of the transition I made from costume to uniform was uh, yeah, that experience there. But from the first day and for the first time that you even knew that CFC was going to play a game, you knew that you were going to show up at the first game quote, in costume. 
Exactly. Yes. Uh, you know, loud and ridiculous. Yes. Just to add some fun to it. Did you collaborate with anybody during those those early days, or did you just know you were kind of this was a solo mission? Uh, it was a solo mission because we hadn't really formed the Chattahooligans uh, uh, from the beginning. Um, there were a few people, Bill Bolin, some folks were down front. Um, I actually sat with my family for the first couple of games. Um, and I think my wife is the one that suggested I move away from her with the cowbell and go stand down there with the uh, what would become the Chattahooligans. In my head, I was just wondering, like, am, you know, how my wife would take me being dressed as a train conductor with a cowbell sitting beside her at a game. I think it, too, would probably last like one to two games, if not like the first 15 minutes of a game. So I'm glad you made it that far. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. So we all ho owe her a debt of gratitude as well for, you know, encouraging me to go join the Chattahooligans. So, El, you, you mentioned that, uh, that you, you thought the club needed somebody that would that would attend all the games. Did you set out at the beginning to really go and attend every match or at home or away? Uh, yeah, I mean, sort of, because I felt like, well, you know, is this going to even last? You know, is anybody going to be there? I kind of felt bad for my friends. I wanted somebody to show up. Um, but, you know, you go there and, we're, you know, we're having such a good time. It's a fun event. And I just thought, you know what? Let's see. The next game is down in Huntsville. I had heard good things about, uh, you know, Rocket City United uh, was the team uh, based out of Huntsville back then and her had heard good things about them. They um, they actually ended up winning the uh, region that year. And so, yeah, I drove down there and they actually put on a very good home game. They had a great atmosphere. They had a local radio um, uh, station live broadcasting. They had a hospitality tent for donors and things. I mean, it was legit, especially for 2009. Um, and so that was very impressive to me. And I kind of got a, a hint there of, of just what it could be and what it could grow into for us at Chattanooga. And so I took some of those ideas. And so, you know, when we started talking about as a fan base, what sort of experience did we want? I was like, hey, they do it pretty legit over in Huntsville. You know, what can we do to add to the experience? So I, I kind of poo-poo on giving anything from Alabama any credit. Uh, so, so we're gonna we're just gonna delete that whole section uh, if possible. So we're just gonna say that extemporaneously you came up with all this on your own. So I, I think I feel better about that. Uh, at what point did you realize, like, man, this is quite a streak I got going here, and now I'm I feel committed. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I think in about the second year, um, there were some issues, either the first year or the second year, there was an issue with, I think it was Birmingham, uh, and the address of the stadium was wrong. So I showed up at the, what the website said, it, that is not where the game was. Fortunately for me, some other family from Chattanooga also had driven down, and this was before cell phones and smartphones. So they called an assistant coach on our team and got directions, and so we drove over there, and I almost missed the game right there. So with all that effort and stress that I went through on that game, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this out, because again, all the games were within two hours back then. It was a wonderful situation. Uh, we really took it for granted <laughs> during those years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was like, you know what, this is fun. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, you bring up Alabama and all this. Um, you know, before CFC, my big 
uh, history with sports is basically being an SEC football fan. And one of the things I really, really enjoyed at the beginning of CFC, you know, starting up was how there was absolutely no overlap between college football season and the summer soccer season. So, you know, uh, we'd have the soccer season and then it would end. And then like two or three weeks later, then SEC football would start up. And I really loved that. So there was no overlap. I really didn't have a lot of stuff that I was doing on my weekends in the summer. And so I was like, hey, I'll do this. And fortunately, I have a job and an employer that is flexible enough that allows me to take off work and go drive to, you know, weird places and, and go follow CFC. So you mentioned that uh, the trip down to Birmingham, was that the closest the street came to ending prior to this past weekend? Oh, uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, uh, that was, yes. And then there was a time in New Orleans about three seasons ago. Um, it almost came to an end in the postseason because uh, let's see. Uh, how much shade do I want to throw here? Um, all, all of it. Throw all of it. Okay. Uh, all right. We had a different general manager at the time. Yeah. And that I did not always agree with some of the decisions as far as scheduling and how postseason scheduling worked. And if you're a, if you're a longtime fan of, of MPSL soccer, you understand the frustration of how the league really makes up rules as they go along, mm -hmm. especially about where games are going to be. And so I had been told that, okay, uh, New Orleans, they won the regular season, so they were going to host. And so here is the format that they're going to host on. This is when our sem semifinal game is going to be. I was told that information, so then I go and take off work and get all that lined up. And then, lo and behold, uh, New Orleans says, oh, by the way, if – Chattanooga ends up winning. We're going to have you, your guys' game at like, I think it was like 2.30 or yeah. something in yeah, the afternoon. Yeah, 2.30 or 3. Mm -hmm. And it was basically, there was no chance I could get there. Uh, I was even looking at, okay, well, if I fly in, can I make it over from the airport in time? And the earliest flight got me landing at about uh, 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. So I was actually having to think about, okay, well, if the game goes into, you know, if it gets delayed on the kickoff, can I make it within 15 minutes of it ending? You know, and, and just, you know, all the stuff. But as it turned out, we ended up losing in our semifinal game, so we didn't even have to go down there. But uh, yeah, that was pretty close as well, but you know, we ended up not even playing that game. At any point during during that specific event, did you consider calling in a bomb threat to delay the game? <laughs> no, no. There are certain things I'm not going to do. Yeah, I'm not going to break the law. But uh, you know, uh, you know what? I, the, I will say that there was really bad weather coming through that week. And uh, I think the game did get delayed. The kickoff did get delayed because of bad weather. So if you figured that I could have gotten there on a plane and assuming the plane had not been delayed, um, I could have made it by about somewhere in the, at the end of the first half or by halftime. I would have actually ended up making it. So I, tell us, and for those, if, if you're on Twitter, then, then you know this, but what is the streak uh, currently at? Uh, let's see. Uh, my record is 201 games. All, and then we just had our uh, 202nd game out in Oakland, and that game I did not go to. 
That is some incredible streak. Hopefully, uh, Jim and I we can like dub in some applause or some cheering right there because <laughs> that that's a that's a streak that I seriously doubt uh, anybody will ever encroach upon. Um, uh, definitely with CFC or this level, if they do, especially in the current format, that would be quite an accomplishment. Well, yeah, I was talking with Sheldon uh, Grizzle about it, and he he was suge- suggesting that it's probably, um, if not just an American soccer record, it might be a world record as far as just that many games in a row, home or away, especially, you know, the first 200 and, you know, one games, because, you know, some of these teams are pretty old, and so, you know, their first 200 games, you know, might stretch pretty long, and, you know, yeah, it's quite an accomplishment. I mean, when you look back at it, you think, man, this this dude was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think there's some of that going on. So over the course of this time and, and these 200-plus games, uh, give me something just that was just off the wall bizarre that, that you just have to have been there to truly appreciate it. Uh, going to Tulsa and completing completely shutting them down. Because uh, the very first year that the Tulsa Athletics joined the league, they had some really good uh, shooters, some some good strikers out there, and their the rest of their conference was just garbage. And so they ran up the score on everybody they played. They led the MPSL in uh, goals per game. Uh, their their PPG, I think they had one tie, and all the rest were victories. So they they had hosting rights throughout the entire postseason. Um, and, but we had the best defense, you know, we had Greg Hartley in goal, had, uh, you know, really good defenders, uh, James Moore, uh, I think Jordan was with us back then too. Um, and so that was another case where they, they kind of screwed us or our former GM allowed us to get screwed where originally they had said that, uh, the postseason for the regionals was going to be all at all four teams going to one location. And then the very next weekend was going to be a weekend off before uh, we went into the national final four tournament. Well, at the very last minute, when Tulsa ended up winning the region PPG, everybody realized, you know, crap, we don't want to go out to Tulsa. So they all worked these backroom deals to where Jacksonville would go up to Richmond and we would go out to Tulsa. And, you know, our GM signed off on that because there were some other agreements where if Jacksonville had beaten uh, Richmond, then Jacksonville was and we had beaten Tulsa. Jacksonville was going to let us play that game in Chattanooga instead of Jacksonville, even though they had a higher PPG than us. So basically everybody was trying to work an advantage instead of trying to come up with fair rules. Everybody was trying to work a rule that would help them. And so we ended up getting shafted and it was just stupid. So what they ended up doing was they sent us out to Tulsa for a semifinal. And, you know, they thought they were all that because this was their first year. They had never been challenged by anybody they played all season. They averaged like five or six goals a game, which is unheard of. And, uh, yeah, we go in there and shut them down. And they had a nice stadium. You know, it was a converted uh, minor league baseball stadium, uh, which wasn't perfect, but they were the only tenants, so they – painted it and got it all looking, you know, just like they wanted. It was a neat little environment and they were rowdy. Uh, you know, we had a couple of Chattahooligans who made the trip and, uh, boy, uh, yeah, we shut them down. They didn't score a single goal on us. Uh, we didn't actually score on them, I think. And then we ended up going into shootout and Greg stopped all of the shots in the shootout, which is, again is unheard of. 
And so we ended up winning in a shootout. And, uh, yeah, uh, they were upset, <laughs> to, 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 to put it mildly. Uh, and there was a dude out in the parking lot who uh, wanted to fight me. You know, because I'm pretty noticeable in the costume and all, and I'm kind of happy because we won. And he's upset because, of course, they had been flipping off our guys, our team, the whole game and stuff, because that's how they do things out there. And uh, so our players were flipping them off, too, when we beat them. And this particular guy thought that was just un that uh, was uncalled for and wanted to, you know, physically instruct me on how uncalled for that was. So, yeah, I just kind of made sure that. I got further and further away from him in the crowd until, you know, I safely got back to my car. But, yeah, that was, was that, weird. Was that the closest you ever were to bodily harm? Uh, Probably, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I've got these steel cowbells in my hands, so I guess if, it, if a fight breaks out, I, you know, I, I've got, you know, I've got weapons. I ain't, I ain't completely <laughs> defenseless. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't want to get in a fight. Uh, you know, that would be... I would be the guy that, you know, the police are going to tackle and arrest if there's a fight breaking out because I'm the noticeable one. So, yeah. <laughs> so what was your, uh, you know, what was your favorite road trip? And that could be a place maybe you, it was a one-off, maybe it's like Tulsa or uh, someplace that you've been multiple times. Well, uh, New Orleans are always fun. Uh, going down to Jacksonville once or twice was fun. Um, Myrtle Beach, they were very friendly at Myrtle Beach, and it was nice to, to, you know, go to the beach. Anytime you can go to a beach destination is a really nice away trip. But I think as far as just the overall excitement of the just everything going on, the game and the, the location, was probably the, um, the finals uh, that were out in San Diego. Um, basically, back in the old days of the NPSL, they would go ahead and declare in advance where the final four was going to be at. And so that's why it was in Huntsville, uh, you know, for two years, one of the years we were in there. Well, the year after that, it was out in San Diego. And so, yeah, me and some folks, we flew out to San Diego um, a couple of days early, got to go to the San Diego Zoo. It is amazing. Uh, went to Legoland, did some other stuff, and then, you know, went and saw – uh, two Chattanooga games and had a blast. We didn't end up winning. You know, we, we were runners up, uh, one of our many second place finishes in the league, but, uh, still it was a fun trip. Really cool. All right. Enough of like, which ones you liked time to throw some more shade. What is the most dreaded worst experience? How did we get here? How is this even like hosting a soccer game? Hellhole. Have you ever been to? <laughs> Uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, or Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Yeah, uh, they they are pretty rinky-dink uh, when they were in the, the league. I mean, they stuck it out for like two years, so we were all surprised when they came back for the second year because we're like, oh, my goodness. But, um, yeah, that wasn't – they, you know, it was all mosquitoes, and it was a rundown little high school field. And I think the second year, the the time we went down there – uh, there were maybe uh, 12 people in the stands, and six of them were Chattahooligans. So that, that I mean, it just made you feel sad and depressed. And then we beat them like four to nothing or something. I mean, we just, you know, Luke Winter just went off on them. It was just, it was, you know, fun for us. But uh, you are, you're, you're down there and you're thinking, okay, we drove the whole way and this is, this is how they run this. So, yeah, that was a bit 
uh, you know, I would have, I would have liked to have not done that. Um, let's see some other ones. I mean, the Richmond, Virginia one was real disappointing because we went into that one after beating Tulsa. Um, you know, we had to play that very next weekend and we had been told that was going to be a weekend off that we would have played all of the games out in Tulsa. And then they switched it on us. So we had to then drive over to Richmond. Well, we had to do it without our head coach because Bill Elliott had already planned to do a soccer camp down in Pensacola that, that weekend. So he didn't even make it till the game was pretty much over. And of course, you know, we lost and they went on to win the league and yeah, it was, and it was pouring down rain. I mean, it's just a miserable little affair. And, you know, we got our, we didn't get our butts kicked. We lost one to nothing. It was close, but it was just, and I think uh, John Ferrardo almost got, arrested because he was lighting off flares in their stadium and you're not supposed to do that. So yeah, it just, that one was a, I didn't like that one at all. Let's see one game that was an away game. uh, Some for me, some of the most memorable ones are away games just because of all the efforts you have to go through to get to them. Um, You know, our first U S open cup game was away in Pittsburgh and uh, the Riverhounds, this was, they reorganized like a few years after that game and got some money and they built a new stadium and they, they have a nice little organization now, but back then they were pretty rinky dink and it was in some pity, pitiful, you know, pathetic high school. And we jumped out to like a two nothing lead on them, shocked them, let them get back into the game. They tied it up in uh, stoppage time and then it went into uh, overtime and they ended up beating us uh, in the second overtime. They scored a goal and ended up winning, but that was cool just because, you know, up until then we had only played these, you know, questionable amateur teams. And then we almost beat a professional team. I mean, it was really nice. We've also played uh, the Charlotte Eagles was a nice little uh, away trip uh, in terms of just seeing how they do things. Uh, they were a pretty well run organization. They had a nice uh, stadium soccer specific stadium and uh, lots of fans, good merch, you know, nice little experience. Again, this was a U.S. Open Cup game. They jumped out to a lead on us. Then we caught up and went ahead. And then at the right before uh, the game, before stoppage ended, they equalized. And then we went into uh, extra time. And I think we ended up going to a shootout because Greg Hartley wasn't our goal. It was goalie. It was somebody else. But And their fans were really giving us the business uh, after they came back and equalized, um, yeah, there were a lot of people that were getting right up in our faces. That might be the second most likely one of I ever got in, uh, almost getting into a fight. Um, I remember that game. I think they ended up winning that in the shootout, did they not? Yeah, yeah, and it was just, uh, that was disappointing, disappointing. But, you know, you can't win them all. Going back to your first game that you had to view from afar, after 201 games, you're sitting there at game 202, ne- you know, never miss live action, and then you have Maikuju. Did you have a nice <laughs> Maikuju evening? Uh, I had three quarters of a very nice Maikuju evening. It, it uh, was great. The production values on Oakland's end were very good. And then at some point in the second half, it just started lagging, and it just lagged for the rest of the game. It did seem to improve a little bit, and I know that a lot of people assume it was a Maikuju issue, but honestly, I don't know. I, a lot of times, it is not Maikuju's fault. A lot of times, it is the bandwidth from the stadium to the internet, and, and 
uh, now they had a great connection at the beginning, so maybe that's not it. But uh, in my experience, you know, whenever we've had an issue with my Kuju, it's either that I set a setting wrong or, you know, uh, our, our uh, remote connection when we were over at Ridgeland High School when we last year we did a uh, an away game at Ridgeland High School and we we broadcast that through my Kuju and we had some issues with our um, our, our cellular connection and so that was on us that wasn't really my Kuju but they took the blame for it so yeah that's kind of how it works yeah, exactly. That's how we feel here. We never feel it's appropriate to blame anyone but my Kuju. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, I'm telling you right now, if you had the budget, uh, the production budget that uh, uh, Oakland had, then uh, you would have no issues whatsoever at the stadium, I, I assure you. Right. Man, uh, yeah, that was a slick production, man. They had graphics and lineup cards and a crawler across the bottom it was nice it was and uh you know their local sponsor there was pandora so that's a that's a nice little uh digital partner to have in your back pocket but it I is thought the production was really good and this was honestly one of the, the first feed i can remember we talked about it on the pmr that i can remember not having an issue like re-watching it and so it was it was nice yeah uh detroit actually the first time we went to detroit they had uh, their local, I think Fox uh, local affiliate did the production of that one. So it was really high quality as well. They did a great job. Um, I actually went into the uh, control booth a little bit and poked around while they were running it. Yeah, they do. They did a good job. Of course, you know, it was all part of a sponsorship deal with their local affiliate. So it was high production value. So, I mean, you've been around now since the beginning. I mean, you've seen You've seen support change. You've seen supporters change. You've seen the culture change. Uh, how do you see it moving forward into the pro game? How do you see supporter changing, supporter, um, I guess, culture changing over the next 10 years? Uh, well, it's definitely going to change uh, because the, the good old days of being able to drive to, you know, all of your away games within two hours, those days are gone and they're never coming back. And that's, that's fine. I mean, that's just what you get when you go with a national professional league. Uh, you don't get to choose, you know, who your opponents are, and they might be all the way across the country. So one of the big changes that I think is going to happen first is that for the Chattahooligans, we're going to have to change our focus so that it's not, um, we're not trying to create the exact same atmosphere at an away game that we do at home. Uh, it's just not going to be possible. Um, we might still be able to do something for the games that everybody wants to go to, like Detroit. Um, and if we get, you know, a close by, maybe somebody in Atlanta or something like that, then it's possible. But for right now, the, that's, you know, not going to be uh, what we should focus on. Instead, I think what we're going to do is we're going to shift and transition to making the home games more special, um, making sure that the tailgate is always, um, you know, happy and fun and popular and accessible, um, you know, whatever other ways we can help out with the club, if they need, you know, street teams or whatever, I think we can assist with that. Um, but just generally raising the bar in terms of making sure it's a fun professional atmosphere. I mean, we've pretty much always done that, but I think uh, by focusing just on the home games, it's really going to free us up so that we don't burn out because last year, it was rough. I mean, some of those away games, you know, we were trying to get people to go to them, but it was really difficult. And, 
you know, and some of them in the middle of the week and stuff. And you just can't do that. I mean, it's just, it's too far. It's too much to ask of, you know, more than just a handful of people. So um, I, I am excited about just saying, well, let's, let's shift our focus to make sure these home games are top notch. And I, you know, I think we're going to do that. Um, we had a little bit of setback in the, in the off season with the trailer being stolen, but I think we're recovering from that, you know, getting new TIFO made up and, uh, we've replaced some of the equipment that we lost. And I think we've got new merch coming out to help, you know, support some of the things we do. So, um, that will be a shift, um, in terms of just focusing more on the home games. And from there, I think it's more of a, uh, having a, a, a dialogue with people further and further away from us, because from what I understand, you know, the experience out in Oakland was a great positive experience. And so even if we're not there with them in person, um, being able to, you know, interact with them through social media and interact with, you know, maybe the one or two people who might come into Chattanooga being good host to them. I think that's going to be kind of the, the new way that we um, create that fan experience in the future. Speaking of interacting with Oakland, uh, did you see the commemorative T-shirt that they came out with? Yeah, uh, I'll just say that it does not live up to their previous design standards. Um, you look at their branding, everything they've done over the last year and a half has been top notch. And then that shirt just, you know, uh, again, neglecting the subject matter, just the design uh, standards were pretty poor. So, yeah, I mean, that was like a, a you know, sub, sub NPSL club type T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Not it, was, a, it was complete amateur hour, in my opinion. Oh, very much. Very much so. And I'll go so far as this. If, if CFC ever goes so far as to start celebrating a 1-1 draw of a regular season game and making a commemorative T-shirt, then I'm going to have to step back and take a hard look at leadership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're correct. Uh, in fact, on the chat in the uh, in the streams, at the end of it, they're all celebrating their tie, and then somebody in the chat goes, "Yeah, so they still have not won a game at home then, because <laughs> they didn't win any games last year. Well, uh, they lost every game, so I don't think they tied any. So this was a, this was an improvement. So, but yeah." Well, well, here's the thing, and I think you can appreciate this more than most. They were just trying to keep a streak alive. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, I can definitely appreciate that. You know, so yeah, I guess 11 years from now, they're going to be bragging about how they've never won a home game. Yeah, that's a that's a weird flex, but okay. Yeah, no, they can make a commemorative shirt about that one. So moving forward in in this in the pro club scenario that that we're moving into, what what are you excited particularly about anything? Is there like an item that you're like, man, I can't wait for this, and this is what the pro game is allowing us to do? Well, I'm really excited about the roster. I mean, for the past you know 10, 11 years, uh, most of each current team was about 80 percent of the team from the year before, and so. That had some good things to it. You could you could get to know these players long term, but it also sort of stifled, I think, our uh, our capability of bringing in some hot talent. Now we did bring in hot talent, but I really like that the roster is mostly different, and that to me suggests at least that we didn't just say, oh, historically because you've been part of the organization, you automatically get a spot on our pro team. I, I like that. You know, it, it feels more like guys had to earn it. You know, we went out and we 
we found good talent. At least that's what it suggests to me. Um, and so I, I really like that, you know, the fact that we can get these guys from other countries, not just, you know, local or regional college guys. You know, we're getting professional guys from other countries now. I like that. That to me is exciting. By hot talent, are you referring to tall, blonde-headed Spaniards? <laughs> well, I meant hot in the terms of the ability to score. But, well, you know what, score, that could go two ways, I guess, as well. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, all right, we'll go off on a tangent here, but it has been really weird over the last 11 years. It's been remarkable to me just how many attractive dudes we have gotten on this team. And I don't know, uh, you know, maybe maybe Malcolm Gladwell can do a, a correlation between attractiveness and athletic ability or something or but it's weird. We've had like dudes who were really attractive for a long time. All right. I can't believe we're going down this road and I can't believe I'm going to allow myself to do this. Well, but we're stretching perhaps, into the female demographic here with well, this topic. What, what I'm, what I'm curious is, is no, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it guys. And, uh, I think later on on a pod, we're going to have like our man, our top man crushes, uh, CFC man crushes. And I, I think this is a, a all time or just in this, in this year. Uh, let's go all time. Let's just, oh, let's okay. Go, all right. All right. Three all time. Okay. Okay. Right, but but that's right. later though. We're not going to do it now. You're going to give me a chance to think about it. I will give you a chance to think about it. We'll circle back around to that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I guess anything that you're, uh, I'll just say, let me pull this back up. I don't want to muck up his question. Besides I'm already veered off into man crush Monday. So, <laughs> So on the on the and kind of in the same vein of things you're looking forward to, is there is there things that concern you about moving into the to the pro game? Uh, yeah, that team over in Eastridge concerns me greatly. <laughs> I uh, yeah I uh, I don't know how far down that rabbit hole you want to go, but um, well, let me I, ask you this: I don't like them, you? and I hope do, they fail. <laughs> do do they concern you from you think what they're going to do in a positive nature or just in a destructive nature in general? In a destructive nature, I because uh, when you look at just uh, what their budget must be, and people have estimated it that it's close to a million, if not over a million, for this this first year, and now they're into their second year, and it's probably going to be that much or greater. And you look back uh, two years ago at what you know CFC's budget was before they came to town, um, and we were about breaking even, you know, assuming that our general manager wasn't somehow getting funds out of there. But uh, we were essentially breaking even, and the number of people that were buying tickets and coming through the gate for CFC was about I think it was around seventy seventy five thousand over a season for home games. So you we knew what. CFC's budget was, and the budget for this other team is going to be three times greater than what CFC's amateur budget was. So just doing some napkin math, that means that the fan base that is going to be paying to go to soccer games has got to quadruple, okay? And that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And so any amount that that is that the total number of people paying to, to see soccer in Chattanooga, any amount that is lower than that, that number, that is a deficit. And that deficit has to be borne by somebody. 
Now, the most most of that deficit is going to be borne by the rich dude who is working his land scheme over in East Ridge. But some of it is going to be borne by CFC because there are games where we'll play at the same time. And some people who might have gone to CFC games will be over at, you know, their high school stadium uh, or their new Ponzi scheme stadium that they're building. So that is going to hurt us. Even if they fail, or I should say when they fail, they, they are not going to last over 10 years because they're spending way too much money and they will not be supported by tickets and sponsorship. They will end up going out of business. Now, he'll, he'll make a ton of money on that land and all the taxes he's getting there, but that team is going to go out of business. He is going to end up selling that team once he realizes, hey, man, I'm, I'm pulling in millions of dollars on these hotels and condos and restaurants, but I'm losing millions of dollars on this team. Huh. And he'll get some sucker to buy the team from him, and then he'll keep all the revenue from the good stuff. And then that owner, the sucker, will end up getting rid of the team. Uh, but that's going to be five years down the road, maybe ten if they're really uh, mischievous about how they run that business. But but yeah, so it's not going to last long term. I'm not worried about that. I'm worrying about what happens every year before they finally go under. All of those people, all of that effort, all of that money, all of that, you know, desire for good soccer, it, some of it's siphoned away to that team that is not going to last long term. And that could have been going to help make Chattanooga Football Club even better. And that's what concerns me, is that it's just, it, it's a loss of potential because of people are getting swindled to go to that team over in East Ridge. I think those are extremely valid points that that most people don't think about when when they're they're considering what team they're going to pull for and does it matter and and we've always contended on the podcast that it absolutely matters uh, who you go pull for. Uh, oh right, it, yeah. It matters I mean, now and it matters in the future. And I will say this: if eleven years ago, if Bob Martino had come to Chattanooga and said, "You know what? I think Chattanooga." can handle a soccer team, can support a soccer team. I'm going to bring in some money and let's do this together. We would have hailed him as a hero. I would have been on his side. I would have been one of his, his chief supporters. But instead, here's what he did. He sat back for a decade and he let local Chattanoogans invest their money, take all the risk, invest their time. And we are the ones who proved it could work while he was halfway across the country doing nothing for Chattanooga. And it was only after Chattanooga and people in Chattanooga proved that this could work that then he comes in like all those other animals in the little red hen, and now he wants to share in what we built. And that is not right. He, If he had risked it with us 11 years ago, that would have been great. But he did not do that. What he did was he made us bear that risk for a decade. And only after we demonstrated that it could work, now he wants to swoop in and collect all this tax revenue from, you know, the good people of East Ridge. And I just I just don't agree with that. I think that is not what Chattanooga is about. Uh, well, well said. I don't even have anything else to add to that. And that's a that's very much a, a standalone statement that that I 100 percent endorse. Let's let's just circle back around a little bit to. Um, to you and, and your support that's been going on for 10 plus years now in excess of 200 games. Absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. When did you decide that you would end the streak? And tell me a little bit of the emotion and the thought process that, that went in with that. 
Well, um, I knew I was coming up on 200 at around the end of last season. And depending on how deep we would have gone into the postseason, there was a slight chance we could have done it like in the finals or something. Um, and so about midway through last year, um, it, it was like, I guess maybe when I was having to fly up to New York and, you know, sit in traffic trying to get over to the Cosmo Stadium and all that, I was probably thinking, you know what, <laughs> I might be getting a little old for this. Um, but yeah, it, that was with the with the 200th game coming up, I was like, that would be, I guess, just symbolically a really nice cutting off point. And it would be really nice for me to transition instead of being, you know, this super fan who is obligated or at least personally obligated, I, I know that people don't expect me to go to all the games and the club doesn't expect me to, but I expected me to. And so I, it was a chance for me to end that obligation on a positive note at a, at a sensible time. Um, you know, if I'd have just stopped it 193 or whatever, it would have been like, okay, well, all right, that that's kind of an odd number, but to be able to finish, after 200, um, you know, at 201, uh, I, I like that. It's got a nice symmetry to it or a nice, it's a nice round number, you know, bicentennial. That's awesome. Uh, anything else that, that you just want to add? I, I guess moving into your new, you said that you're going to like be uh, doing some production stuff on the webcast and stuff this year, but you're going to transition out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward, uh, how do you see yourself? Um, still being involved in the club and, and how, what are you looking forward to? And, you know, now that you're free of the streak. Well, I have not stood down with the Chattahooligans for an entire game, I think in over a year. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and so what we did uh, last year is we really tried to, as far as the streaming goes up in the booth, we tried to formalize some things. Uh, we experimented with lots of weird new stuff. And if you watch some of the streams, you can see sometimes we had sound issues because we were trying new equipment or, you know, we had issues when we were trying to do a camera out on the field. So we did lots of experimentation. But I now have a really good sense of what's within our capability, solidly within our capabilities. And with that, I can, I can pretty much hand it all off now and feel very confident that it's still going to have a really good production value. Um, I, and also by the end of this season, I think the league will be in a, in a position to have a media streaming deal. Um, probably not with my Kuju. So I think that's going to make a lot of people happy. Um, and so along with that, there will be a requirement for every team to up their production values. And so um, it, it won't be on us to necessarily do it all in-house anymore. I think we might, uh, you know, pay for a company to do it for us. And, and so at that point, it'll be, a, you know, I won't really be involved with it anyway. So really just looking forward, I'm trying to sort of get us to a point to where we're okay, just coasting right now and and doing the kind of broadcast we are right now on up through this season and then seeing what next year is going to be as, as far as streaming and broadcasting. Cause I'm really excited. Some of the stuff I've heard, some of the rumors are exciting. Um, and yeah, we could be, you know, have a really top notch national um, broadcasting presence. Uh, Go on, news. keep talking. Keep no, talking. I, well, some of the names I've heard are household names that you would recognize. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. 
So what you're telling me is, is you're kind of just seeing it through as far as you can this season. And then the league at some point is going to step in with a more standardized production across the board for all the teams yes, and possibly moving into a, a national uh, brand, whoever that may be to do the production. Yes. And I'll say that um, if you watched any of the um, games of that other team out in the East Ridge, uh, what they did last year um, uh, in their league was they basically had a a deal with ESPN3. And part of that uh, deal was every club had to do uh, a professional broadcast of a certain production value and they had to pay for it themselves. And so by doing that, they were able to get a, a little bit better deal with ESPN three going forward. And, uh, you know, we're not necessarily talking to ESPN. Uh, we are talking to ESPN, but we're talking to other people too. Um, but I don't think we would get swindled the way they did because their league really made every team in their league foot the bill. So that was, again, another reason why their budget is so exorbitant is they're paying like, I think five to $10,000 a game just to broadcast uh, for the, for the honor of broadcasting to ESPN. First so they're of all, no, I didn't any money. watch any of the games on that feed last year. Uh, second, I did go back and watch highlights just so I could sit there and be like, there's no way there's that many people there. <laughs> my own eyes yeah there are no there are not that many people in their stadium i I did not need a drone flying from above to tell me that but hey i appreciate the effort (laughs) i i loved the the drone flying over that totally called them out on that i mean you know even uh the the times free press people had to admit okay that's that's not what they've reported (laughs) yeah absolutely i even at one point i even heard the the guys at 105.1 like they even cracked a joke about it. So it was pretty funny, but yeah. Well, Hey, L conductor, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this oh, wait, no, no, we cannot sign uh, off. We got to talk uh, about we crushes. Gotta we got to do. It. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So we had talked about it earlier and it yeah. was kind of spontaneous because I had to say something about uh, hot talent and that went back around to uh, Juan Hernandez. So go ahead, lay your top three man crushes. Uh, all time CFC. Go for all it. time. Okay, I'm gonna say uh, one is John Carrier. Okay, I oh, I love John Carrier. He's just so cute and tiny. <laughs> and you know, there was a long time there where I was doing photoshops of photo of images of him and just really embarrassing the heck out of him. That was great. I love that. So that's one of them is John Carrier. Number two will be uh, for me is James Moore. Oh. That the, the <laughs> Scottish dude, not because he's necessarily attractive. It's that I love that dude, the way he played. You know, I, we went to, uh, I'll, I'll go into a tangent here. Over in uh, Nashville, they hated James Moore because he would always uh, almost come to blows with one of their uh, strikers because, you know, they're each trying to get position and James wasn't going to give up position. And so they started chanting dirty ginger bastard whenever James... <laughs> Whenever his, whenever he would foul somebody, it was wonderful. He would just laugh about that after the games. It was great. So yeah, oh that dirty ginger bastard. I love James Moore. Uh, more James Moore. And uh, my top one would probably be uh, Thibaut Charme. Oh, that kid was so genuinely cool. I mean, just such a nice guy. Uh, uh, attractive. Lots of ladies liked him. Um, but just a good 
wholesome young kid uh, from France. And I tell you, he single-handedly got me to respect Frenchmen again. I mean, just such a cool kid. And, you know, you always make fun of French as an American. But, man, Thibaut, I now feel bad about making fun of French people because of Thibaut Charmé. (laughs) That is you know what? What I can truly appreciate about your list is there's a little bit of everything on there. Yeah. So John Carrier just for the straight up looks. Uh, James Moore for well. Dirty ginger bastard. That is DGB, I guess. And yep. then uh, and then totally different reason for um, uh, for Charme. So that that's just really awesome. Yep. Well, I, I I tell you because because I I respect the fact that you put out your three man crushes. I'm gonna throw out three for you. Okay. And mine, and mine are a lot more superficial, uh, probably <laughs> because I I, I I generally think these are very attractive dudes, and I can okay. respect that. So I got, well, you're in agreement, John Kerry. Oh, okay. Just a well put together dude. I respect yeah. it. Pound Kieran, for pound, very well put together. Yeah, uh, Kieran Bywater. Uh, I just feel like oh. he carries himself with a certain level of sophistication that I appreciate. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then. The blonde-headed Spaniard. How can Juan uh, Hernandez not be on my list? He's uh, yeah. He's yeah. He he's got everything going on. The the from day one when those locks started flowing on the on the yes. pitch, I knew. I was like, this guy. He's got it going yeah. on. He plays. He'll steal your girlfriend too. That's yeah. right. He'll take the ball from you and your girlfriend. And you got to appreciate a guy that can do that. Yeah. Oh, let me throw in an honorable mention. This might be before your time, but the first couple of years we had a guy named Phil Bean. And that dude, he was like, like almost like model attractive, uh, Phil Bean. Any of the older ladies who were there in the first couple of years, they'll know Phil Bean. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna, we'll, we'll be remiss if, if we left out uh, Jim's three as he's messaged them to me. But I'm going to wait and bring him back on. Uh, okay. So he can, I will, number one, there, I don't need him telling me that I just said they were his crushes. I need him to actually say them okay let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth exactly so when we get him back on uh we'll we'll get him to say it so okay uh, l conductor thank you so much once again for coming on with us this evening what an interview what a run 200 plus games uh over over 10 years of dedication uh i mean if if each and every fan put a fraction of what what you have put into this club uh, I mean, there's no telling what we would we would probably have already won CONCACAF Champions League by now. So, uh, <laughs> from from the bottom of my heart, from 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 C, from a CFC fan, from CFC community, thank you for all you've done, all you've uh, contributed to uh, <clears throat> to making every game uh, um, special, uh, whether it be uh, dressing up, whether it be the cowbells, whether it be. Uh, you know, making sure we have a live stream, so much goes into it. And we certainly here at the 423 Soccer Pod, we certainly appreciate that. So congratulations on the streak. And I hope you have a, uh, I hope you enjoy your, uh, your new role. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. That's so nice of you to say all those good things. Um, yeah, uh, I've really just enjoyed it. It's been tough sometimes, but always rewarding. And, and yeah, I, I'm really glad I did it. This was cool. And, you know, I'm not going away. I'm still going to ce- to celebrate the team and support the team. I'll just do it in a slightly different way. All right, man. Uh, we'll see if we okay. can get uh, Elkin. We'll see if we can get Jim back on here. <laughs> I, you're back. I'm here. You're here, but I never left. You just oh, sound. Yeah. Hedrum. That's right. You're still yeah. Max Hedrum. 
Yeah. So in, in just a, in just a minute, we record the rest of it. I'm, you're gonna have you're gonna say your three uh, man crushes. That's though. fine. I'm not letting you off. Like I knew you'd be like I, you deny it. <laughs> I never said well, it. <laughs> why don't if you would go ahead and if you're still recording, go ahead and say it. Okay. So I mean, I I think I got the three. Like I'm a I'm a smile kind of person, so a this person is already smile, weird. Right? <laughs> it is. I love it. So Alan Webb. Okay. Okay. Very good. Come on. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Sam. He's good one. Sam Goni. I mean, come oh, on. Yes. Yeah, Did you guys dude. forget about Sam? I. He, you know. And then. Yeah. And then I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Juan. Yeah. No, no. He's, I mean, he's you just can't. Good list. Good not. list. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. Man. Uh, okay. All right. Wow. Well, I think we I think we accomplished a lot tonight. This was great. <laughs> well, we accomplished a lot of things. I'm gonna need therapy for a little bit of it, but it'll be all right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, this has been fun. If y'all yep. need anything again, just let me know. But yeah, I, I can't wait to hear how it all comes out. All right, man. I can't wait to see you at the, at the game. I really can. Uh, like I said, I, I truly appreciate what you did for us, and uh, as and continue to do, and, and making sure that we can, you know, watch a game uh, and stay. You know, you feel like connected to the team, and that's what I've told Jim and I've told other people about. We've all we all do our little part to make this uh, a total experience for for everybody, right? It's it's actually. Mm-hmm. Why, it's why you do the production of the and do the uh, the webcast. It's why you participate in Chatter Hooligans. It's why we do the podcast so that the supporters out there can feel like connected and and this culture exists. Yep. So thanks All a lot. Right. Okay. Well, y'all have a good evening. You too. See you, man. All right. Bye bye. Oh, man, a big thank you to El Conductor for coming on. Uh, Jim, just a great interview. Man, sometimes interviews are just so easy because of the stories that people tell, and and uh, he was uh, no exception to that tonight, just, just uh, real entertaining. And I don't know where I came up with the idea for the man crush. It just seemed, <laughs> as soon as he said, as soon as he said hot talent, uh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I all I could picture was Juan Hernandez. I'm sorry. I went there too when he said when he said hot talent. I was like hot talent, okay. And then when you went there, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, now for for everybody listening, you may notice that the interview sounds different, and I drop out about I don't know halfway through. We had some here at the suitably adequate studios. We've had we had some Skype issues, so I apologize for that. I don't know what happened. Um, I think I sounded okay. I think I'm going to sound okay in the recording. But uh, to El Conductor and to Todd, I believe they referred to me as Max Headroom. And so I dropped out so that they didn't have to put up with that. Um, And then we couldn't just get it to work. And so Todd and I are kind of finishing this off on the phone. So that's why the, the audio is a little different. I apologize for that. I'll do what I can in post. But that's why it sounds a little, a little funny. Um, I loved the interview and what I loved, what I loved, I even texted you right after he finished, you know, he, I didn't even have to be the salty one. So, uh, no, no salt required. No, uh, we did not have to add any salt. I appreciated his, all of his East Ridge takes. Um, and, uh, for those of you who are not in Chattanooga and are listening to this and are lower, lower league soccer fans, you know, you probably know the history or the story, or at least some of the story about what's going on here. 
I think you could hear in his voice, there's still some frustration. <laughs> um, well, I'll, be, well, I'll be honest with you. He doesn't, he doesn't come across as, as, as bitter as he is genuinely concerned yeah. uh, for, for the repercussions of, of, of what, you know, Bob Martino has done. He, he's got, you know, he can see that, that his, his interest here is short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so and he can he can see you know there's very much a lot of reason to be concerned about the long term effects uh, of his short sightedness and that ultimately he doesn't care what ends up happening to CSC or what they built or soccer in this area and and I think that that concern really comes through and I think he articulates his point very well and that's I mean I, I didn't feel compelled to add anything to it. Uh, just because, I mean, I could look, just say, you know what, if you want to know what the issue here is, is in Chattanooga, listen to this. Listen to this, like, two minutes of El Conductor, you know, explains the sentiment and the concern that, that most of us have. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, I think, so, I, I don't remember who um, made this analogy on Twitter to me when we were talking about it months ago. But they said it's, you know, it's a prisoner's dilemma. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you have two, organizations that are going to be working in their own best interest and it's likely it could kill both and um and so i it's always what i've been worried about i think when i looked at the when i looked at the attendance numbers last year you know even even accounting for some fuzzy math uh some funny fuzzy usl math in east ridge if you added their attendance to our attendance it looked an awful lot like CFC attendance a couple of years ago. And I don't think that's a complete coincidence. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very anxious. I'm very excited, a- anxious and excited about the, the home match uh, next, not this, uh, this, not this Saturday, but the week following to see what kind of, of crowd we get. I hope Chattanooga comes out and supports the club. Uh, I hope we have a good crowd because it, you know, it, the Members' Cup, I know there was weather, and so it was a little sketchy there to be able to make some uh, to make some inferences about about attendance. Uh, it, the attendance was a little worrying, and so I, I hope that uh, we see some better uh, some better attendance uh, coming up in the spring. Give me better weather, and I will give you better attendance. Sir. That's true. I think that's I think that's definitely true. So. Look, no matter no matter what, no matter what, uh, people in this part of the country, uh, we are we have a a little bit of fair weather in us. Okay, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, very few people outside their kid playing, and that may even be a stretch, are going to stand out in the rain right. for two hours mm-hmm. uh, to watch anything. So yeah, you hear that, Jonathan? Uh, but yeah, you hear that, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for the, those of you who have kids out there, I know you guys have done that before. So, well, uh, let me tell you, I, but no, uh, you know AJ's school season has started, and we uh, they played a match against uh, Howard a couple of days ago, and it was like thirty five degrees, and the wind was blowing. And then last night they played up in Saudi, and it was that it was that really annoying rain. You know, it wasn't; it was just that misty cold, I, and I sat out in it for six hours total. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to do that for CFC. So. Yeah, I don't really want to do that for anybody. I will, but I don't want to. And right. that's why we have press passes now. 
but we haven't got them yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I filled mean, out my on. form. They they've already let us in once. Wait, hey, <laughs> this is our first professional press conference. I know. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like. If 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 Owen, you know, decides to go ahead and give it to me, I mean, who knows? Well, they better they better give it. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll be I bad mean, mouthing and you're in. bad mouthing and gnashing of teeth. You're. You're in, Todd. They all they all like you. I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. I guess. Um, so I guess that really so is anything else this evening? No, I don't think so. I mean, um, you know, we you know what? We do have if you want, um, and you know, you guys are getting a peek behind the curtain, it might come as a surprise to many of you that we don't plan these things out in advance. Um so we don't play this week, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on the matches that are coming up. So on the 6th, we have L.A. Force um, hosting Stumptown. On the 7th, we have The Roots hosting The Stars. And on the 8th, we have uh, 1904 hosting Cal United. So you, do you have any – do you want to go on – like, let's go one-on-one, one-by-one. How do you do how do you feel the four stump town match? What do you what do you think about that? It's in LA. I got a I got a two one two one stump town. Two one stump down. So you were that it you were impressed with them in their draw against Cal United. Uh yes, but more so than impressed with them, I was less impressed with the force. <laughs> I'm gonna say that their one goal, their the one is gonna be an own goal. Oh, you so <laughs> I'm predicting that Stumptown scores all three. Okay. All right. I, I don't I don't disagree. Although I think LA had a little bit more than the score gave. Um, you know, the first half they were terrible. But as soon as Detroit scored, they came out to play a little bit. And and I think the two nil might be just a little flattering. Detroit fully deserved the win. I don't I don't mean to t- I don't mean that. But I think it may be a little flattering uh, to Detroit. So then next would be uh, our friends <laughs> that we just left, the Roots, uh, hosting the Stars. How do you feel about that one? Is Oakland here going, we go? Is Oakland going to get their happen. first win? It's gonna have. It's gonna happen this weekend. They're gonna get their first win. Okay, it's gonna happen. But it's not gonna be my much. I, I'm gonna give it one zero. One zero. I think. Uh, Yep, I, I don't. I don't think Michigan scores, and I give them the one zero. And I think uh, bringing in Atacora uh, on the back line for Oakland for the full game is going to make the difference. Yeah, and Jack McInerney is going to is going to trip and hit it with his ass and knock it into goal. That's probably what will happen for the one nil. I, I that think sounds that, and, and then we're all going to be like, "That's classic Jack Mac." Yep, and then there's going to be a new T-shirt uh, the following Monday. So, all right. So I, I agree with you. And then they're going to make a. Then they're going to make a, a do a, a bronze casting of his uh, backside. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I, I, I do. I also think Oakland gets their first win uh, at the expense of the Stars. It'll be interesting. I will watch that game since it's our previous opponent against our next opponent. I think it'll be a, a good one for CFC fans to kind of check out. That is again on the seventh. And it's since it's at Oakland, you know what time it's going to be at eight ten Eastern, five ten Pacific. I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to go one step further with how they commemorate uh, Jack Mack's game-winning goal with his posterior. 
they will do a bronze casting that will later be mistaken for a Cristiano Ronaldo bust. <laughs> did you see, speaking of that, did you see the the second one? Yes, I did see that. <laughs> it was just as bad. <laughs> oh, anyway, but what, so I'm sorry, I don't have you also seen, like, the the picture of we're, we're really going off script here as if there's as if there's a script, but did you, have you seen the original Ronaldo picture bust or um, statue against um, Hagelin? Yes. Also hilarious. <laughs> and it, and it looks like Hagelin, which is even fun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but that kid can play. So finally we have a uh, 1904 FC hosting Cal United. You got any thoughts on that? This is 1904 moving away from the huge baseball stadium to uh, Lincoln High School. I think that's a really good move for them. But how do you think they're going to do against Cal United? I think this might be the most entertaining match of the weekend. It, it I, you know, I think I think you're on to something there. However, I'm going to go split skis on this, and I'm going to say two-two draw. Uh-huh. Uh, watching uh, Cal United last week play. Uh, man, I love the stadium, love the facility. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, it doesn't look like, it's not going to be that far of a road trip for San Diego, so I don't think they're going to be too uh, too affected by it. So I, I got a 2-2 draw, and, and you're right. I think it's going to be uh, fairly attacking. So, uh, yeah, San Diego's hosting, so Cal, so Cal will be driving down to San Diego. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Other way around. I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. But uh, but still, I, I kind of got, I kind of got hung up on the stadium there at a, at Cal United, really, I mean, just just a nice looking facility. Is that the first? Are these the first NISA matches you watched? Did you watch any of the fall? I watched highlights from yeah. the fall, but I never sat down and watched. Yeah, I game, so. I like their I like their little stadium. I mean, it's not too deep, so you know you've got you've got maybe ten rows, and it goes all almost all the way down the. the but I like it. I mean, I I think it's a I think it's a nice little setup. I enjoy the commentary of Cal United. The guy just. Like it's like stream of consciousness commentating. He just says whatever he wants to say. Um, so I, I, you know, I like him. Uh, he seems to be having an, a, a lot of fun, and so that's important. So you've got a draw there. So you've got L.A. coming on the short side, two-one to Stumptown. You've got Oakland winning one-nil, and you've got a two-two draw with nineteen oh four and Cal United. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Yep, I like it. Yep. So I think Mark I, me down for it. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I will go with uh, one nil Stumptown L.A. over L.A. Another one nil. I agree with you on the Oakland game. I think they're going to sneak out a goal, maybe two, but I'll stick with one against the Stars. And then 1904 Cal Strikers. I think I I might even go. I'm going to go three two Cal. I think they. I think I'm they, not against that. I'm not against that at all. Matter of fact, I, I I like that. That that was my second my second choice. I thought that I think that this could be a, a fun game. And, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed watching them play last year. I really enjoyed watching Cal United play. They they are really good on the ball. They're not great defending, but uh, they are fun to watch going forward. I I'm a little nervous for winning. Isn't that always the case? <laughs> Great going forward, terrible defending. Great yeah. to watch. Yeah, they're fun. They're, they're a fun team to watch, and I think, I think they're starting to really get it. Like the the production value is pretty good. I think their website is good. Um, the the stadium is nice. The atmosphere seemed nice. They are 
um, I think the up and coming club of the eight. You know, if we were to put, if you're going to put like Detroit, Chattanooga, Oakland in the top tier, I think Cal United is the next is the next one that will come up and and be pretty solid. So um, I'm looking forward to watching, and we don't have to worry about it because we're not playing next week, so the guys can can uh, train and, and get some rest and then get ready for that March 14th match where we host the Stars at Finley Stadium. And it's an afternoon game, 3 o'clock. That is awesome. Looking forward to an afternoon game. Maybe we'll get a little a little uh, early, warm spring weather. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking not a cloud in the sky. Maybe even get a little sunburn that day. It would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. So I guess that's really it. You don't have, I don't have anything else. There's not really nope, a, a lot of news. Me. Um, I will say I did get, uh, you know, for, for anybody out there who likes stats, I did get a hint that we are going to, at least for our home matches, we're going to be getting some nice, just the basics, you know, just the basic stats. Um, but we're going to be getting those, I think, updated on on the website and with, via Twitter. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that, not having to count so I can watch the match. Um, so, yeah. I think uh, I'm excited about it, and I can't wait for March 14th to come around. So, Todd, I think with that, uh, we can close it. And until, well, remember, if you need to find us, you can find the podcast at 423SoccerPod. We are on all of the platforms, so just look us up. If you wouldn't mind, give us a really good star review, like a five-star review. You can say whatever you want in the comments. And uh, you could find me, block me, mute me, or do whatever you want. Again, this is Jim at Chattagooner on Twitter. And this is Todd, a great footballer on Twitter. And congrats to us for getting our 300 follower on Twitter. Uh, so right. big ups to us. That's right. Big time now. Oh, oh so, so listen, having said that. Listen, oh, wait a minute. Before we go, before we go, since nobody hears this, nobody really listens to this, I can just say this. So, Todd. The uh, the forwards backwards podcast, you know, the everybody's favorite social media club, the forwards bad backwards podcast has three hundred and five followers. We have three hundred and three, so we we're gonna go into a little competition. I hope they don't hear this, so they don't know this. And if we win, and by win I mean we have more followers at the moment. You and I determine the contest is over. Then, right. Then we'll so basically, be, we just got to get ahead of them. Basically, and then, the and then we'll call it. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's this what I'm doing. Kind of contest I like. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So if you if you'll go push, see if we can get some additional followers, and as soon as we get above them, I'm going to call it and say that we won the contest. Hopefully, they won't listen to this. I don't think they listen to us. Uh, for a, for a half second, I thought one of them blocked me on Twitter this past week, but which which I under, I mean I would understand that, but. Uh, I think he he just left the website for which which I understand that too. Um, so they're not going to listen to this. They're not going to know we're doing this. So those of you out there who haven't followed the podcast, go follow it. Get your friends to follow it. And as soon as we go above forwards backwards, we're going to call it, and then we're going to declare ourselves pod social media champs, and and then we'll taunt them with it. Wonderful. Does that sound mature? It does. It yeah. sounds. I think it sounds. I think it sounds like me. Like I think it sounds like me. I don't know about. I don't know about, <laughs> about you. All right. So that's it. Now that we're done, Todd. Thanks for uh, putting up with my. Um, thanks for taking. You know, taking over the interview when I had my technical difficulties. And uh, for everybody else, we'll see y'all when we see you.
hopefully, if we don't see you before, we'll see you on the 14th. And between now and then, we might see you on the Twitter. So go CFC. Go Blues. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal. <laughs>